Welcome to Remixed. I'm your host, Jack Gillespie, and I have a wonderful guest with me today. Would he like to introduce himself? Yeah, my name's Eli Hoagland. This is actually my first time being on Remix. It's really weird. I don't know, is that good in a weird way, or I mean, weird in a good way, or? I think it's good. I that's, think it's good. That's good there. <laughs> it's good to be weird good. <laughs> yeah. Good weird. So as always, we like to start off with a little bit of a question of what have you been listening to lately, Eli? Um, I've actually been listening to St. Motel recently. Um, they came out with, uh, I believe, four new songs. Um, they came out with, it's basically, they call it like a motion picture soundtrack. It's really weird. Um, some of their new songs include um, Save Me, um, Diane Mozart, and I forget the other ones. But they're very, um, they're very much within St. Motel's um line of music they're very alternative and they very are like very much lyrical and like um not like down to earth but like very like mystical with their like um th- they almost feel like a hippie kind of band i'll be yes. honest if you like if you ever seen them like in person and stuff like they have that kind of vibe around them they're like not the most like intense like in your face sort of group no not at all oh, yeah now you said it's like a motion picture soundtrack or something is there like an actual like short film attached to it or is it just like i mean every um piece of music that they've released so far is very um like it's in like a studio it's like they have a kind of like music video um that has like a couple actors and they usually are dancing for um oh one of their pieces i remember is called van horn and it has like um a couple people like dressing like cowboy outfits and dancing (laughs) like that it's really weird um and then another one has some like interpretive dancers and then for the diana mozart they have a ballet dancer dancing to it and it's a very like poppy kind of song which is really interesting that's cool Mm -hmm. i have to actually check that out so like each of them like are they actually like professional like choreographed dances or is it just like sort of improv sort of i'm pretty sure they're professionally choreographed because they're very in like sync with like each other and like it's very intentional like like watching them and they're like oh this is the major theme they're gonna dance this and you know, but it's very neat. It's very unique, um, especially for Saint Motel. I I thought it was like originally attached to some like movie or something as well, and I would just look at it and they're like, I guess this is what they just decided to do with their music. They just called it this, and apparently it's part one of something. So huh. we might be expecting a second part soon. Well, I I'll have to check out those music videos. I really and love a music video. Just like is so dedicated to, just like showing the beauty of, like, dance and how it interacts with music. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this artist, FKA Twigs, whose new album is actually coming out next week, and I'm super excited for it. Um, her new her music video for her song, Cellophane, like, she's, like, a professionally trained dancer, like, insanely good dancer. Wow. And, like, that music video is so beautiful, mostly because, like, she it just kills it in the music video. And this is a little bit, not exactly the same as FKA Twigs, but that one scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where, like, they, there's a scene where I think the character's name is Mac. I don't know, I actually don't watch too much of Sunny, but I do remember seeing that scene on YouTube where, like, they got an actual choreographed professional dancer to sort of, like, help him train for months and months off camera, and eventually they filmed, like, this super dramatic, like, serious, like, choreographed song to, like, a Sigur Rós song. Um, it's super, like, airy, atmospheric, very dreamy. Yeah. And it was totally different for the show because, like, as you know, Sonny is known for just being, like, 
in your face, edgy, like yeah, wanting very, to push very, like harsh and like here we go, here's this really like intense scene. Yeah, so to see something like that just like come out of the show was like really cool. And even just like outside of like the show's context, it's just like an amazingly made scene. Um, but so for personally what I've been listening to recently, I've been listening to a lot of Rina Sawayama. She's um she's sort of like this alternative pop star. Um a lot of her music is produced by this guy named Clarence Clarity. Um he's like this really amazing producer, his own solo album No Now, I'd really recommend if you're looking for off the walls sort of like pop and R and B. But her on her, her um EP is just titled Rina. His sound is sort of like dialed down a bit, but it's like so catchy. It, like and captures the best parts of like '90s and 2000s pop and R&B, and it's just amazing. Like the song um, "Afterlife" and "Cyber Stockholm Syndrome" are probably like some of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait. It's been rumored that she's in the studio recording like her first like full like big project, so I cannot wait to see that come out. Nice. Yeah, I've been also listening to um, Sam Smith, their new cover of the Donna Summer track, I Feel Love. It's a disco classic, so I was really, I was intrigued to see what they do with it, and honestly, I think they did really good. Smith has always had, like, an amazing, amazing voice, especially on, like, more dance-oriented tracks, like um, their collaborations with the house group Disclosure, and I feel like this cover of I Feel Love is a continued sort of proof that... Sam Smith needs to get on more, like, dance tracks because their voice sounds absolutely amazing on that kind of production. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Had you heard the original I Feel Love before? Um, I don't... I can't recall if I've heard I Feel Love before, but I definitely know Sam Smith. Yeah. And that voice is amazing. Like, the the main thing that comes to mind when I hear of Sam Smith is uh, Riding on the Wall. Um, oh, yeah. The, the James Bond, um, sort of like their maid main major like song you know yeah i saw a lot of people getting really like angry about the fact that they got the spot as the song instead of radiohead but i feel like a lot of people like they got way too overreacting like they were trying to paint sam smith as like the worst thing in pop music but like they were just like angry that radiohead didn't get it and besides radiohead released their version anyway yeah but also i've been listening to this artist named jay allen i'm gonna be honest um, I know Jay Allen, they're a friend of mine, um, and oh, wow. yeah, they started off like just doing like covers on YouTube, but recently he's been releasing a bunch of new music, and like each track they've been releasing over the past couple months has been like really amazing. Um, they actually showed me this song, Small Talk, that just came out yesterday beforehand, and I've been waiting so long for them to release it, <laughs> and it's just so good. It reminds me kind of um, like Troy Sivan, like very um, smooth, um, very well sung um synthy dance pop and it's just like it's such a great just like emotional small little pop song that i really enjoy and i think people should hop onto the jay allen train i think he's really <laughs> talented and just like a more personally just like really great fan so i'd really see him thrive <laughs> nice a little bit of promotion gotta use my platform for the good for the greater good but let's go on to the news. So the first one, I've been seeing a lot of people on social media and just in general just, like, over the moon about this famed group, My Chemical Romance, after, like, Legendary. years and years of, like, silence after they broke in, like, 2013. They're back. Though not as... Not for an insane amount of thing. It just announced a reunion show. Um, it's going to be taking place um, on December 20th at the Shrine Expo Hall in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, so far only a reunion show has been announced, just one of them. So yeah, this is their first um, 
they reunited for the first time since 2013 when they originally broke up, and it's been, like, almost a decade since their last album. So it's been... It's crazy to see that the moment that they announced that they're back, like, they just got, like, so much hype, 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 even though they've been silent for so long. Yeah. It's really impressive, as, um, because, like, even nowadays, like, if you start seeing, like, Welcome to the Black Parade, people will, like... Oh, gosh, like, that one piano key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people will, like, definitely point out, and they're like, oh, my gosh, My Chemical Romance, and, like, people will, like, still, like, freak out about it. And, like, like you said, like, it's really, really gained attraction on social media, and, like, as of the podcast today, the tickets for that show have gone on sale at noon. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Which I have a strong feeling that they're probably close to sold out, if not already. And if they're not, they're probably going to cost a pretty penny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I got the money to spend on that, but it's really exciting to see them come back. I feel like of all sort of like their scene of like emo sort of bands in the mid-2000s era, I feel like they have aged some of the best. Like their music has aged the best mm-hmm. out of some of the other ones. I won't mention them. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's not like the people from My Chemical Romance haven't been doing nothing. Gerard Way actually had a big hand in creating the Necklace series Umbrella Academy, which I had no idea about yeah. until now. I didn't realize that either. Like, granted, like, Umbrella Academy has been, like, quite a Netflix. Like, it's one of the more successful ones, I would say. Yeah, when it came out, I feel like in, like, all my classes, people were like, so what have you been doing today? She's like, I've been watching Umbrella Academy 24-7. So it's just like... Yeah. So yeah. I guess they've been doing some good things, you know, just in keeping quiet, you know, haven't said that much about it. Yeah, and even their, um, the guitarist on My Chemical Romance, Ray Toro, he was played on the soundtrack for Umbrella Academy, so that got the fans who were like, oh, they they know each other still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, and it happened. Nice. I, I think it might have been Umbrella, like, I'm going to theorize, I have a strong feeling that probably... Um, sort of spark them to, to cause the idea and they're like, oh, what if we did get back together? That'd be crazy. Yeah. But do you think that now that we just got one announcement of one reunion show, do you think there's going to be more to come of this reunion? I mean, if you look at like the Jonas Brothers, for example, like with today's music, like granted, like they did come out with like one piece of music and then it gained really big popularity and they're like, what if we just do another? And I mean, I feel like they're really consistent now. And I have a feeling that, like, if um, My Chemical Romance got back together and, like, their, you know, shows sold out and, like, people are still, like, talking about them, like, if they gain traction, you know, like, like the Jonas Brothers did, I have a feeling that, like, they'll continue on. But I think it really depends on fans' receptions of, you know, like, if they're willing to, you know, go out and support the band. Yeah, know? if there's, like, a strong interest. Yeah. And, like, I have no doubt that there is. I feel like they know, like, they got the fan base and, like, the fact that when that news was announced, like it seemed like the whole world, or at least on my Twitter, it exploded. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that it's going to get a lot of good reception. So I, I personally think that there might be a little more to it, like maybe like a tour, a small tour, and mm-hmm. maybe we could see new music. That'd be very. Yeah, that would be the best case. That'd be very great to see. It'd be great to see them back. And our other piece of mean news for today, um, we got John Legend. So he's got a new Christmas covers album coming out pretty soon. It is called Legendary Christmas, the Deluxe Edition. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he released like a Christmas album last year, like a couple years ago. So this is just like an extended version. But on very this fancy title for an album. <laughs> oh yeah, and like the cover is like it's like those classic sort of like cheesy like Christmas like covers of like these 
but like with John Legend on it, it's like super cheesy in sort of the best way, sort of the worst way. I don't know how I, I mean, feel about Christmas it. Christmas is nothing but cheesy. Let's be honest. Yeah. If you're, not, if you're cheesing during Christmas, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, especially you're in doing the music it wrong. industry. You are doing it wrong. But yeah, on this new Christmas album, he's covering the infamous Christmas staple, Baby It's Cold Outside. Um, but he's decided <laughs> to put a little bit of a twist on it. Um, so yeah, but also like the song features Kelly Clarkson because it is a duet. It'd be weird mm-hmm. if. John Legend was just singing by himself. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so of course the song Baby's Cold Outside has always been very controversial for its questionable lyrics. We'll put it like that. Um, But yeah, um, John Legend has seen fit to sort of revamp the lyrics for the modern age. So I'm just going to take a little bit of it. So like the original lyrics are, I really can't stay, baby's cold outside. I've got to go away. It's cold outside. Um, I feel like y'all know the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but he's changed um, some really notable sort of moments where he sort of changes it for the modern times. Is um, the primary like differences are like his own like responses. Like Kelly Clarkson's, like I assume like like her lyrics haven't really changed that much. Yeah, but like his own is very much different. Yeah, because I feel like in the original song, it's not like the woman is at fault in any case in that. It's mostly the guy who's being a bit skeevy. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think lyrics, um, like some of the lyrics, like, my mother will start to worry. And then, like, John Legend, his um, line is like, I'll call a car and tell him to hurry, which is, it shows care. Um, and there's also, uh, this is one that I feel like has been quoted a lot, talking about this, um, what will my friends think? And then Legend says, I think they should rejoice. And then this one, um, if I have one more drink, and then Legend says, it's your body and your choice, which is yeah. very woke approved lyrics i'd have to say yeah. i would say that's probably the, the biggest statement from yeah this newest um like rendition of it um yeah and, and it it technically works in terms of rhyming schemes i think it works so if it works i'm fine with it if it complete if it destroys the rhyming scheme that's where i start to have issues yeah though i think the second most important change was made was the lyrics that they removed yeah so my least favorite record the, the original these are the most questionable <laughs> yeah the one first gosh your lips look delicious which out of context isn't like harmful lyric it still makes me very uncomfortable and i don't like listening to um anyone say that yeah and then of course the <laughs> the one where the woman says say what's in this drink which i'm mean, like mm. come on that is probably like, the worst one where it's like the original but yeah so from a lyrical standpoint do you think they're well-written lyrics i mean i would say so um like if this piece was written in today's time um it definitely would be like shunned and like rightfully so. Oh yeah. But like I think these lyrics from what I'm looking at, I feel like they're they're great. But and they especially like like go with the times. Like for example, like I can call you a ride. Like who doesn't know Uber? Who doesn't know Lyft? Yeah, though I'm honestly glad they didn't try to say I'll call you an Uber because I feel like oh, that just no, no, that no. come off a little bit awkward. And like I think that goes back to like the timelessness of this piece, you know, because like. Granted, like, it's still questionable, but you, you, everyone hears this song, like, during the Christmas season at least once. Yeah. Like, every other Christmas piece. Um, I think it's a good, like, I think they're good lyrics. They still rhyme. They aren't necessarily, like, 
the weirdest like kind of fit, you know. Like, yeah. It's all like reasonably like in terms of like the lyrical logic of this piece. Yeah, I think they're a bit on the nose. It's like they don't read as like sort of like trying to do it in like an artsy like poetic kind of way. It just seems like oh, it's your body and your choice. Like I could see someone like texting out to somebody just like oh, it's your body and your choice. Um, so I don't think they tried to go super ambitious with what they changed. They just wanted to. Just, like, from a practical sense of, like, trying to make sure the song doesn't sound as skeevy, like, mm-hmm. they did the job. Yeah. I definitely think it's, um, like, a very good, like, rendition. Um, I just think that the same, it's your body and your choice. That's, like, the very clear-cut, like, ah, oh, yes, this is, this is the most different out of the entire thing. But, like, I think it all fits. Yeah. The one thing I could see is sort of, like, an issue is, um... Is it smart to just sort of, like, erase, like, the fact that that song existed? I guess that isn't exactly what the song's doing, but I guess I could mention, um, so Disney's movie, Song of the South, if y'all didn't know, it was a movie that was released in, like, the 40s or, like, the 50s, a long time ago, um, that had very questionable sort of racial politics in it. I mean, the name even sounds sort of questionable. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, instead of, like, Disney being like, hey, we made this, it isn't really, like, really good representation sort of like we know that this is bad nowadays they've just decided to rub it from the canon basically like they've never really re-released it it's not on their new disney plus streaming service i don't believe i think they showed like a timeline of all the movies that got released and like there was an obvious year gap and that's when that movie was released it's like huh did did they take a break that year what's up what's up with that Uh, uh, Disney doesn't take a break, let's be honest. They do not. Oh my gosh. But yeah, do you think this song could have a sort of a similar problem as that? I mean, I don't think so, because we've seen a lot of different um, Christmas rendition, like, you know, songs like, yes, you've there's the typical staple Christmas songs, but then you have, like, Tony Bennett doing a Christmas song, you have Lady Gaga doing a Christmas song. Oh yeah, song, they and, did that duet, didn't they? Yeah, they did! Huh. It was great! Yeah, like, both of them are just, like, stunning vocalists, but... yeah interesting combo and it worked um i think if i remember right we'll, we'll hear in a couple months you know yeah it's it's coming up well i mean it's basically christmas already halloween's over oh goodness oh goodness <laughs> but um i mean i think it's fine because it's not like they're trying to erase the song they're just providing a different adaptation to it compared to disney where they just try to you know shovel their own little movie into the ground and tell no one about it yeah bury it bury it bury it <laughs> Sink it with a brick into a river. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's like too much of an issue. It's just like a cover. I doubt that it's going to become like su- supersede the original. Because yeah. like that one's been around for like decades. I don't think anything supersedes the original Christmas music. They're too much of a monster. <laughs> yeah, I think like the latest like Christmas staple is the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh my gosh. Now that song stuck in my head. <laughs> Not the worst song you can have. I honestly think it's probably one of the better like Christmas staples. Mariah Carey is a legend. Yeah. Yeah, Good. sure. Yes. I have I worry about that tone in your voice when you said that. I just don't know a ton of Mariah Carey. I just try to stay away. I'll, I'll, I'll have to teach you some other time. But let's move on from that so I don't kill Eli right now with some new releases. All right, first we're going to talk about some singles that got recently released. So Dua Lipa, she just got done with like her first era of her self-titled album. She's starting up now with the song, ironically, Don't Start Now. And she's going disco. Now, I saw that you heard the song. What did you think of it? Um, I've never heard Dua Lipa before. I think it's... 
I think it's okay. I think the most interesting thing that I got from the piece was like sort of the lower bass part, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good hit. Like, I'm not really fond of pop music as much. So listening to the song, like, I was like, actually, like, you know, bobbing along to like, as long as a piece has a really good bass line. Like, like a good groove. Yeah, like it has a good groove, which is really interesting because most pop songs have like a really like harsh, like, Here's the beat, you know, like, like yeah, but very this one's like, just like synthetic. Yeah, this one is very much like more lyrical, um, which is nice, and I really appreciate this piece. Yeah, I really dig this new way that she's going, and I feel like of all the pop stars that have sort of like tried to embrace this sort of like disco vibe, I think this is one of the better sort of executions of it because I feel like she really did well introducing like organic instrumentation. Like, there's a moment where like some violin comes in. Which was like sort of like a statement, yeah. like a lot of like prime age disco. So I really enjoyed that still touch and just like the organic like percussion. I thought it was like a really good mix of like modern sort of pop sensibilities with like sort of like throwback to like disco in a very like um, faithful way. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and then the next thing I want to talk about is Larue with the song "International Woman of Leisure." Now this is um, Larue's first release of music in five years, which in 2010's time is like. A million years. Yeah. But yeah, like it's been a while since um, her album Trouble in Paradise. And finally, she announced a new album coming out um, early next year. And she's got this new single, International Woman of Leisure. Now, did you hear this one? Yes, I did. Yes. What do you think of it? Um, I thought it was really good as well. Um, nothing like particularly stood out with me um, on this one. I thought um, it did have like, it was sort of weird. Like it was sort of split into like, almost two parts it felt like like halfway through the song it was like the first half was very much like lyrical as well but the second half they sort of like like broke it down into like little pieces and like every note seemed more like um staccato if we're gonna go with official music terms oh we're getting scientific up in here yes not scientific (laughs) yes we're getting technical music like very theoretical here yeah um but like it was very much like very staccato you know and like it like you know, adapted that more poppy sound, which I think was good. Um, it, it wasn't throughout the entire piece, so I wasn't like overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a good piece overall. Yeah, I really like a lot of LaRue's like singles, especially like from their her first record, especially Bulletproof. I feel like, even though like, you don't know the name of the song, I feel like you probably heard it at least at like some point in your life, but yeah, that's an absolute. It's a gem, and I feel like this song, it didn't reach the heights of that one, but, like, it's a decent one, and but I'm just really excited to see her back after what felt like forever. Now, the final single we're going to talk about is Tame Impala, everybody's favorite psych pop rock band right now, and their new <laughs> single, It Might Be Time, it's off their new album, The Slow Rush, also being released in February of next year, as well as... It's on a Valentine's Day. Ooh, getting trippy on Valentine's Day. <laughs> but yeah, their last album came out in 2015, Currents. Now this new song, it sort of falls in the same sort of direction that they went with that record. Very synthetic, very synth poppy, but still keeping like their psychedelic touch. Now I have feelings about like their 2015 album. I think it has like amazing singles. Um Make It Happen is just, like, an insane song, one of their best. And The Lesson of the Better, the one I feel like everyone yeah. knows, the one with that bass line. That has such an iconic, like, I, I, I can, like, hear it just playing in the back of my mind, and it's very, like, relaxing. Yeah. You know? Anytime I think of, like, okay, what's a what's a killer, funky bass line, I usually think of that one, like, on the spot. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I feel like this song, it wasn't as like intense or as like amazing as um, some of those singles, but I went to the lyrics and it was talking about how um, Kevin Parker, the lead um, man behind Tim and Paula, he talks about how he's scared of like losing his edge, um, not really being the hot new thing that he was um, when Aren't he was we before. All, though? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's especially sort of interesting for like meta touch to it because like of course like Tame Impala has been like one of the biggest like indie bands or like alternative bands of like the past few years. So sort of seeing him reflect on like his sort of status in like the scene was very interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I think the I think this piece is um, a little bit less um, like atmospheric as the other pieces, which I think is fine. Like it like they provide more like dynamic variation. Uh, within this piece and like more like heavy on drums which i didn't really hear much from like the less i know the better you know yeah but i think it um i think this piece um sort of allows him to like stay within the spotlight and allows him to like you know branch out a a little bit more while still maintaining like that kind of pop popularity you know yeah all right, now let's hop on to like some few albums I wanted to highlight. There aren't too many huge releases that came out today, but some of like some notable ones I'd like to mention are Earl Sweatshirt and his new project Feet of Clay. This was actually just announced late last night, um, but it's not too big of a project. His last record came out in 2018, some rap songs, so like he's following it up quick, but not like with like a huge new project. It's only like seven tracks in 15 minutes. Mm. Um, I've always appreciated his. Um, dedication being like super like left field very moody in like pretty much all of his work especially like since his um second album um he's been very emotional very dark sort of shade of hip-hop which i think sort of sets him apart from a lot of artists so i'll have to give this one a listen i didn't get to mm. last night i mean like out having fun halloween and spooky <laughs> Um, we also have Michael Kiwanuka with his album Kiwanuka. It's, I believe it's his debut record. He's got this sort of like eclectic soul sound that sounds very timeless, very, like it does definitely call back to like the older, like 70s sort of style of soul, but like still like combination of like a whole bunch of different sounds with like orchestration and all that. Mm-hmm. And this last one, this is a personal favorite artist of mine, Sudan Archives. I remember listening to an EP she put out years ago, like before, like she was really catching on. And she like is very much um, a neo soul art pop sort of artist, but she takes on a lot of like influence not only from her status as a really good violinist, but also from African music, specifically like Northern African folk music, huh. which is a really I love whenever an artist is able to take. Um, very unusual, very um, musical ins- inspirations from like their own sort of background, yeah, and do it in a very interesting sort of modernized kind of way. And I really, that's why I love Sudan Archive so much. And I haven't listened to a new album yet, but I, I gotta really soon. Sounds interesting. <laughs> I haven't heard of that person before, but I'll definitely take a look into it. Yeah, but now we're talking about a record you might be a bit more. Yeah versed in but first let's explain this brand new segment we've got for you today and i'd like to call it your favorite record now this segment we've got um there's something so enthralling about talking about our greatest passions like movies tv shows or obviously music this is a music podcast after (laughs) all but being able to gush about that just like 
it can be an absolute joy to do so. So that's what I wanted to capture with your favorite record. We'll get the chance to do exactly that. Our wonderful guests will get the chance to choose an all-time favorite record of theirs to discuss, and we get to understand what about that record is so special to them. So our wonderful guest, Eli, today got to pick the 2018 record, really recent record for like an all-time favorite. Yeah. The Struts, Young and Dangerous. Now, do you want to talk about how you first got introduced to the group and specifically this album? Yeah, um, I was, I'm sort of a new Struts fan, honestly. Um, I really got into them last year, I would say in like about September, um, right before this album actually released. Um, And the, the thing that really got me was that this band sounds very much like classic rock music, which is where a lot of my like musical origins are. Like it's like that and like the Beatles, honestly. It's really weird. Yeah. Um and the Struts really like tap into that kind of like um kind of music, which hasn't been heard in like a very long time. And the reason why I like Young and Dangerous so much is that um like granted, like all the music that I've listened from them, like there I don't have a single complaint about. And like Young and Dangerous is their most recent piece, and it has a lot of unique um, kind of um, musical aspects um, within each song, and it really creates a nice overall kind of... um, Palette? Yeah, palette that isn't really seen in a lot of music today, you know? Yeah, when I first listened to this group, um, when I first listened to the album, my first thought was just like... They have a wide, eclectic taste of, like, classic music. Yeah, very much so. I got, like, so. so many different sort of shades of just, like, classic rock and punk and stuff like that. Like, I, on some tracks, I think specifically, um, Prima Donna Like Me, the chorus, it reminded me of, like, this, like, 80s, like, arena hard rock. Yeah, which is, very like, much so. And usually, sometimes, when someone tries to capture that sound, it sounds cheesy and just, like, overblown. But I feel like they really did well capturing, like, a fun energy with it. Yeah. And then, like, um, there's, like, some more punky ones, some more that captures glam rock, some more just, like, classic, just, like, hard rock. And, like, even some of their pieces, like, even though they might not be within, like, classic rock, they, like, venture out into, like, things that, like, I wasn't expecting before. Like, the song, I Do It So Well, like, the beginning sounds a little bit, like, um, how would I describe it? Like, a little bit like Beastie Boys, a little bit. Like, it has that kind of, like rap kind of like rhythm you know like and he just he pulls it off so flawlessly and he's just really smooth with like all his lyrics and that's how it is 24 7 with that band i was gonna say that song i feel like i think it was the second verse the flow of it it took me straight to feel good ink by gorillas oh yeah that too yeah i can definitely see that i was just like wait hang on a second this sounds familiar but like they definitely (laughs) sort of took it recontextualized that sort of like flow on that traglet um, in a really interesting way, because like they don't they don't try to capture like the sound that Gorillaz does on that song on that record in their like catalog. Yeah, it's a very unique piece. Yeah, um, uh, I think and like I think the sort of like ambitious thing they wanted to do was um, include some more like modern synthetic sort of instrumentation in there on some of the earlier mm-hmm. tracks. I noticed a lot of um, sort of like drum machines, and I guess that will be like my least favorite part of the record i feel like whenever they tried to embrace more modern sort of sounds i feel like it didn't really mesh well with sort of like the whole Mm -hmm. style of the album yeah i think um like if you look at their older pieces like put your money on me or you know um like could have been me or black swan or something like that like their their older pieces are very much heavy on like um kind of rock you know but i think with young and dangerous they really try to push like those new kind of boundaries and like looking through like um, people's reactions to it um, 
some people don't like it. Some people do. Um, I think it's really nice for them to try to expand their um, kind of style. And I think they do it really well, especially for like their first time doing it. And I've listened to their music all the way back to like before Luke Spiller, their main singer, was even like started the Shruts. Um, he created this song called like Sunny Side or something like that. And it, I like, he had like blonde dyed hair back then. Oh my God. And um, it was interesting. It was just him and this like other guitarist. I don't even think that guitarist is in the band. And um, like his voice has stayed the same. And it's, it's interesting, like, to see how they've evolved throughout the years. Yeah, I remember I was doing research, and I found that, I'm um, like, band started off in, like, 2010, but then, like, in 2012, like, a couple of the members just, like, left the band, and then, like, right after that, they sort of, like, rebranded with, like, a, or, like, regrouped with, like, a whole different sort of set of um, musicians, and, like, that was, like, they hadn't even released, like, their first studio album, before. like, I think their first one came out, like, 2014. Yeah. So it's very not that many albums, but they've all been good. <laughs> yeah. Now I think um, I'll be honest. Usually this isn't the kind of stuff that I vibe with. Um, less very much like throwbacks or like hard rock music because I feel like oftentimes artists will struggle to sort of like make it their own, mm-hmm. sort of like make it stand out. It's just like oh, this is I could just listen to like Led Zeppelin or something like that. Yeah. But I think what really sets this um, group apart, not only their sort of like ex- eclectic, very versatile sort of inspirations of what classic rock music is is the lead singer i yeah he commands the mic so well i feel his voice is very bold it's very like theatrical and it's Mm. very british it is very british (laughs) have you you, like seen all the different outfits that he wears and stuff i have not oh my gosh if you if you look it up um he has his own clothing line um, Ooh. and he has his own, like, he calls it Spiller, or Spiller Glitter, um, that he passes out during concerts on occasion, or sells them, and, um, let's just say, like, his style is very much, like, a mix of, like, um, you know, like, Freddie Mercury, Joan Jett, um, the singer for the Rolling Stones, who I can't pull off the top of my head. Mick Jagger? Yeah, Mick Jagger, like, like, the classic, like, you know, like, the... Um, David Bowie. David Bowie, like literally, like he embraces all those people and just mashes it into one, and he embraces it, and he does it so well, like um, quite literally, like he does it, like sings a song called "I Do It So Well," and he does. He does do it so well, <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at pictures of this, and like I love this look. Like this is definitely when I first saw it, I was just like, "Wait, is that Freddie Mercury?" And like, oh my gosh! And like, I could tell just like from like his singing and just like from what I'm seeing right now with like his stage presence, like he knows how to really sell theater camp, just like that sort of energy. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's really to the benefit of the album and just like overall their music in general. Mm. And I think. Um for me personally, over the summer, I did um, the reason why I have like a really strong connection with the Struts. Um, not only did like I pick up their albums and stuff really fast, but um, they actually went to indie over the summer, oh, and I actually got to see them in like live in concert at the Egyptian Room, and probably the best concert I've been to like ever. Um, like you said, like he does have a stage presence, and like he like will like play with the crowd and stuff, and he's like. Uh, I remember halfway throughout the show, he's like, "All right, we're gonna, we're gonna we've been around the United States a little bit, and we want to see who the loudest crowd is." And they brought out this like little like um, amplitude, you know, like measure device. Oh yeah. And they had he's like, "All right, everyone's gonna yell on the count of three. And like he he 
it was so fun. Like, best concert ever. Would go see again all the time. And you would think, oh, if it's a rock group or something like that, they wouldn't sound that great in person. Like, they sound better in person, oh honestly. Gosh. And it's spectacular. Best experience ever. Yeah, like, just based on, like, his look here, like, he looks like the the most flamboyant bird to ever exist. Like, I could not yes. imagine him not being an amazing, like, personality on stage. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. I'm Okay, enough of looking at these amazing <laughs> cop- costumes of his performances. But, yeah, and one of the most interesting things I saw, an interesting sort of thing at the very end of the record, is the, the first song, Body Talks, which I think is, like, real good. It's one of, like, the mm-hmm. catchy songs in the album. They have a remix with Kesha, which yeah, I did yeah. not see coming. Yeah, um, it's really interesting. If There's, like, an actual music video, and they play off, the, like, this idea of, like, like a red and go- like gold, kind of, like, very glitter. Um, and they go sort of back and forth. And it's a really good song. Like, Kesha blends in really well with, like, Luke's kind of voice. And... Like, I originally listened to Body Talks with Kesha first, and then I heard it w- with just him. And it's honestly, it works so well as a duo. And it's really surprising, honestly. Um, personally, for me, the songs that really stand out in the album are uh, Fire, which is part one, and um, Ashes, which is part two. Um, generally speaking, I don't really see that often, like, pieces that are like part one and part two of an album because usually albums nowadays are like all about their singles you know yeah especially i feel like a rock album i feel like it's definitely focused on like one track after another boom 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 yeah. boom and don't really try to go for that sort of conceptual sort of thing with multi-parted songs yeah interesting because like they're sprinkled like throughout the record like part one is like in the first half and then like part two is like pretty much the last track except for the Kesha remix. Yeah, I think they just attached that Kesha remix just because, like, they're like, oh, we ha- we have this music video, but we should just attach it as a song, you know? Yeah, that reminds me of when Lizzo, when her, like, older song started getting real big, like, she quickly released, like, a deluxe version of her <laughs> album to be like, okay, these songs are killing it quick. Throw them at the end. Put a deluxe out. <laughs> nice, nice. I think um, the reason why those pieces uh, stick out with me the most is because they sort of remind me um, the most with, like, Queen and stuff. Especially oh, yeah. with, like, Ashes. Because Ashes has a very much, like, ballad, very lyrical piece. And it has, like, a back and forth with his, like, other bandmates. You know, like, the like, you know, fill in the voices, you know, to, like, really just, like, shout it out. And I'm just, like, you can literally just, like, sing to all these pieces, like, in the car or just anywhere, you know? like And that's what I really like about the Shruts is that you can, like, always sing these pieces. Yeah, I feel like definitely like those two, I remember those being the most like ambitious, most theater of most <laughs> of them. Like, I can never see like the scene in, uh, what's the name? Why is the name of the movie? The movie where they, Wayne's World. Yeah. I could definitely see like if they made like a different version of that in like a parallel universe where the struts are as big as Queen, like they're the queen of that universe. Mm-hmm. I could see like songs like that being the Bohemian Rhapsody that they scream and just like do like the whole shtick of in the car. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think my personal favorite tracks are Body Talks. I won't just like. It's so sharp. It's just so yes. poignant. Well, I don't know about poignant. I don't know if like a song <laughs> called Body Talks is gonna be like spitting like the most like political depth into it, but like it's like a just a hell of oop, heck of <laughs> it's one heck of a great catchy song. I'm um, also really like people. I think that was like one of like the slower songs, but I think mm-hmm. they really pulled that off really well. And like you said, I really also did like the part one and two. I feel like those really brought 
sort of elevated their sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it so well. I think that's definitely memorable, especially with like the feel good ink. Mm-hmm. Almost, it almost feels like it's like a shout out, just like, "Yo, gorillas, you cool. We're gonna do right. that too." I think uh, probably the weirdest piece of the entire album that I can think of is Tatler Magazine. Oh um, yeah, and I actually had to look up Tatler Magazine, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually like a very like fancy magazine." Oh, it actually is one. Uh huh. It's an actual magazine, and he was actually. Um, because of this album, he was in a Tatler magazine, and they're like they focused on his pieces, and he's like, "Hey guys, I made it," um, and it's it's a very <laughs> it's a, it's like the most like high class song you can think of. He's like, "Oh, forget economy, we're just gonna go first class," you know? Like, yeah, and it, it's just hilarious. I think it's it's really unique. Well, honestly, by that logic, maybe we should just start naming these podcast episodes after like. Amazon, so we can take all Amazon's money, <laughs> or just like Rolling Stone, so we can get a job at Rolling Stone. I mean, like it seemed to work for them. Yeah. But yes, also I really dig the Body Talks remix. Of course, I like the original, so I like the remix as well. Because yeah. I feel like Kesha, while she can, after a long time, has been seen as like the dance pop, like sort of like trashy sort of persona, and that I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah. Um. Well, of course, like her sort of like new reinvention since the Doctor Luke drama has sort of like changed like her whole sort of. A musical output um she fits really amazingly well over this sort of like punk rock attitude because even like on her 2016 album woman she did have some of these songs that have like real punk energy songs like let him talk and um boogie feet <laughs> who knows those charts might have rubbed off on her you know maybe well actually i think um the that album came out in 2016. This album ah, came out in 2018. So maybe this she rubbed off on the struts. I don't know. It could be like a mutual sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, she fit really well over the instrumentation. I remember, like, she just fits over. Like, if Kesha made like a punk rock record, mm-hmm. that might that might have we'd have to do a your favorite record of my own on that record because like she <laughs> just fits so she does so much energy and like she was actually able to match um, the lead singer of the struts, which is. Going through the record seemed to be pretty hard to do for any other singer. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because, like, I follow him on like, on Instagram and stuff, and he like answers fans' questions all the time. And he's like, "What's a good karaoke song?" And he's like, "You gotta go big or you gotta go home." He's like, "So here's a couple like for the song like Roll Up or I think it was Black Swan. I think, but like his dynamic range is insane. Like people have asked him, and they're like." What where where is your range? And he's like, honestly, I don't know. He's like, I just sing. It breaks the scales. <laughs> <laughs> and like, he definitely like he pulls it off well. It's not like uncomfortable. Like he's just like, here's this decontrendo, and it just works really well. Everything is very like drawn out, and it's just very elegant, and it's very much like just meant for everyone who wants to sing like rock and roll. And it's meant like it's just like a heart and soul and like. That like it grabs that spirit and brings it into like the modern times. Yeah, honestly, I think it's refreshing because I feel like of like the few so- bands that I see sort of trying to like revive classic rock, they all want to go into like the hardcore, super tough sort of. They try to like imitate others as well. Yeah, like the Struts for me, like it just feels like they are very like just embrace their own style. They're like, here we are, guys. Like have at us. <laughs> yeah, hate to call them out, but Greta Van Fleet, we're looking at you. <laughs> oh my gosh we do not want to talk about Greta Van Fleet <sighs> but yeah um, do you have any final thoughts you want to sort of wrap up how you feel about Young and Dangerous by the Struts um, it's a fantastic album I think everyone should listen to it I think it should be played on every radio station every time I wake up 
I should hear that song. I should hear at least fire or ashes or any piece. Honestly, they're all 10 out of 10s in my book. Yeah. So what song would you recommend to someone who just wants to get into the album? Like real quick. It's just like, what is it? What, what, what song would you recommend I listen to first for young and dangerous or the struts in general, uh, young and dangerous, but you can throw in like a general, the struts as well. I would say for young and dangerous, I would say, um, in love with the camera. Um, I would say that's not a very like harsh, like it's a very like nice balanced song. Yeah, it's not too out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think for the struts overall, I think put your money on me. I, I'd say it's their most popular piece. Um, also, it's a very like moderate song as well compared to like a very like high dynamic range. And I think it's a very much like here's our style. I, like I would say it's their most in line with how they are overall. Yeah, like a good like showing of their talent. They're sort of like their whole shtick. Yeah. It has a good guitar solo, which their guitar solos are fantastic. Even in like live, the guy just goes all out for them. Yeah. And I think they're musically and like lyrically, I think that piece is really good as well. Yeah. Like I had not known of the struts before this episode, before we started doing research for this episode, <laughs> which is surprising for me. Cause I feel like I'm always in, in, encyclopedia I may not have always listened to stuff, but usually I can say, like, oh, I've heard of them. I had not heard of The Stretch before, and now I'm really glad that I did. I'll have to check out their first album as well. I didn't mm-hmm. get the chance to check out their first one, but I'll have to make sure to check out, like, as much Stretch as I can, because, like, they kill it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning to this episode of Remix. This has been your host, Jack Gillespie, with my wonderful guest. Eli Soakland. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. You can check out more work at Byte, whether it be reviews, podcasts, videos, news, features. We, we got it all. Well, I don't yes. know about we got it all, but we got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you can check us out um, at ByteBSU.com. We got social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at ByteBSU. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, also ByteBSU. But yeah, have a great day. Make sure to come back next week for another episode of Remixed. Have a good day, y'all.